Welcome, everybody. My name is Zach Bowles, and I'm the executive director of Life Skills Institute in Chickasha, Oklahoma. And this is going to be called the Third Door on the Right podcast. Um, this podcast is going to be kind of focused on what we do here. And in fact, we're going to have, you're going to get to be able to see how things work pretty much in real life because we're going to have Johnny, who's going to be our co host, but Johnny's in the LSI program. And with him being able to be in the LSI program, we'll be able to cover some of the things that we do, his story, and y'all get to follow him along as he goes through everything. He's signed on for two years here, so you'll get to deal with him for a while. But I think y'all enjoy listening to Johnny and getting to see where he gets to go through his life and how things work here and how uh, the decisions he makes. So welcome, Johnny. Welcome. Um, hello, Zach. I know, I know. I'm, I'm telling y'all, this, it's gonna I be a, it. it's gonna be a fun podcast. I'm excited about this. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, Johnny. So let's think. Let's think back. We're gonna start on your story, kind of, so everybody gets to know you pretty well. So let's think back to from when you were like born to five years old what was your life like do you remember what have people told you about your life different thing well it's funny you say that Zach um I've had a, a fade in and out life when I was that young um I remember seeing a fade a fade picture of my dad in my in my brain I, I think that's how I remember my dad but uh I only saw him once ever in my life um I honestly uh don't really remember much besides seeing uh seeing my dad when I was a little baby. But uh further than that, my life I've been told that I was a rowdy child. I like to run around and um make some noise. So uh that's how I remember my childhood from that age. That's what they told me. Okay. So um and then from like say five to no five to ten um along this time is where what happened with your mom and dad around that time honestly zach around the age zero to five my mom and dad left around that area um now from five to ten uh i remember my uh papa introducing me to video games and this was a crazy time we uh played tekken together the the, the fighting game you know what you know yeah. what the, uh, fighting yeah. game i'm talking about but um we done a lot together. Uh, honestly, um, my favorite time at that age area was probably when I'd wake up in the morning, macaroni in a bowl, you know. Man, macaroni and cheese for breakfast? Yes. Man, that would have been the life right there. Man, if you don't know me, man, I'm a pasta guy. I love my macaroni and cheese and Alfredo. And Anywho, let's not get off on that squirrel. I know. But so, so from 5 to 10... What was your life like? Five to ten, really. I was just, uh, I was pretty, uh, you could say, rowdy. I mean, there was a time I uh, broke my grandpa's uh, shot glass um, case, and it was crazy. I was uh, jumping on the couch back and forth, and uh, he got upset when he heard that noise. And, you know, I ran straight to the closet and hid for about maybe a couple of hours. But, uh, you know... Out of all the times that I can remember from that age, I was just, I was crazy. Like, I would run around. I would always have a smile on my face. Uh, I'd go to the bowling alley, Indian City Lands, Andark, Oklahoma. 
we would um we would uh he'd let me bowl some games. He'd cook me uh lunch, dinner. Um I played arcade games all the time around that age. Uh I remember going to kindergarten um in Andarco public schools. Uh that was pretty uh that's pretty crazy. Um I didn't really know math well at that age. So I was actually in a special education part of the school. So that's how I did all my stuff. But uh from from around that area like I said Zach, I was uh I was um trying to just get my life uh I really don't remember my life at that age really. Actually, I have a one memory that that actually I remember and it it kind of kind of haunts me a little bit and it was in this house and I was pretty young and uh one night I fell out of my baby crib, okay? And I walked down the hall. And as I was walking down the hall, my I don't remember who it was. It was just a group of guys. They were all just partying. Like I can remember seeing them drinking beer and stuff. And I was little, let me remind you. I was like crying. I was walking and stuff. And I remember one of them picking me up and then handing me handing me a bottle of beer. Like trying to get me to drink it. Like put it up to my lips. And I don't know why I remember that that from a long time ago, but it's funny to me to think about it because it's just wow, like the little things get to me. I mean, that's kind of trauma to me. And there was also a room in that house that uh my um nana would carry me by. I believe it was my nana or uh my mom, one of the two. They'd carry me by a certain room and um I would I would cry when I looked into that room. I don't know what it was. I mean, phenomenal, mm-hmm. right? But uh pretty much um I've had a very very crazy life at that age like i like i said i barely remember a lot of stuff from that age i was very uh very fade in fade out so around five ten do you remember like um like if you're thinking of like poverty and stuff like that was it a were you brought up poor or think you're pretty well taken care of health wise and stuff health wise i was covered um education i was good on education um now the area that we lived in wasn't so uh so great um there's a part in anadarko we lived in and this is at the pink house um this is before we moved to the other part of anadarko and let me remind you anadarko is a pretty bad place if you get to it but um back then it was that's how i remember it but uh the pink house so uh i was about the age seven i believe seven when this happened and uh, there was a night that my aunt that I was staying with in Apache, I was staying there for a week, and she brought me back the next day early in the morning. And throughout the night, uh, we were hanging up, like, Christmas decorations. It was, like, kind of towards the starting up Christmas and all that. But um, I remember playing a game in my room, PlayStation 2, and uh, I started hearing this loud thud banging sound. And so I, I walk out to the I walk out to the room, the living room, and my uh my nana's like freaking out. Like the, the door is like banging in, like it's caving in. And so we're over here like freaking out. She was like, I thought you were jumping on the bed. I was like, No. She said, Go get your papa. Okay. So I went and got my papa and he came back out, like trying to figure out what the noise was. He looks out the window, there's a guy kicking down towards our door. So my papa answers it. 
and I'm going to tell you how I remember it from that age. And this was when you were like seven, you said? Probably around seven, yes. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, where's my mom at? Where's my mom at? And my papa said, your mom doesn't live here. I don't know who you are. Why are you here at this late at night? The dude swings in at my papa. I remember this exactly. And my papa had a, a gun in his hand. And all I remember is him spinning around in circles, bear hugging my papa, and my papa was shooting him. And after that, like, he told me to get into the room, hide in the closet with my nana, uh, don't come until the cops get here. So I'm I'm seriously like freaking out. I'm in the I'm in seriously like freak out mode, like I'm crying and everything. I, I walk out into the hall and I just see him laying there and blood everywhere and it, it, it that type of trauma is what really scared me when I was in Andarco at the pink house that area scared me to death and my nana was stressed out over it before this all happened she was fine but then after this all happened it's like uh all that stress came in and it's just it, it put a lot of weight on her shoulders to carry we had to move to my uh, nana's brother's house and um we were staying there for a while and i remember just so many people so many people talking to me, asking me what happened, all this stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm little. I, I barely know anything, but I remember that moment because it was so scary. Um, I had to go to therapy for that. And that's what I remember from the age seven. And that was pretty bad. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a traumatic experience for you to have to be a part of. Um, so moving on a little bit, what about 10, 15 I believe at 10 to 15, we were in a new house in Andarco, and this is when I was going to school and I was still learning. Um, I had a good life during that time. Uh, I went to church at this uh, Baptist church um, mm -hmm. on the corner. You know where the Grave Cemetery Yard is, the Brahms and McDonald's yeah. and all that, that big okay, church. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'd go to church there and everything, but pretty much uh, church... Um, I'd play Wii. I mean, I always wanted an Xbox, but <laughs> we couldn't afford an Xbox. Like yeah. I said, so I always stayed with the Wii. But pretty much, I'd play. I'd play Wii. I would. Uh, I'd hang out with my papa. We'd go fishing. We'd go fishing at the Washita River, and that was the first time I got to see a dead coyote. And I was like, I was young. Like I wasn't. I wasn't too young, but you know what I mean. I yeah. was. I was just like shocked. Like I've never seen something like that before. I went up close to it and I was like, I don't know, Papa's like, get back, get back. And I'm over here just like, I want to touch it because it had sharp teeth and everything. Yeah. And he's like, don't touch it. It'll give you disease. I'm like, what's a disease? And he described a whole story to me what a disease was. <laughs> so, no. And then that haunted you. Um. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy, but that pink house haunted me. That, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> not really many events happened from that 10 to 15. Cause I thought your, I thought your uh, time with where your grandpa ended up having to shoot that guy. I thought that was when you were toward like 13, 14 years old. I didn't know that was that. I didn't know you were that young when that happened. So 15, 16, how you know? I know there was a time in your life where your grandpa ended up passing away. My um, nana, my nana actually passed away first, and that was around the age of fifteen. And I believe, like, like when we were in the the new house, all that stress that happened throughout the years, you know, 
um, I believe my Nana passed away of, of, of stress. And not only that, she had cancer. And uh, when she passed away, my papa started drinking more. And that's when we moved with his family in Fletcher. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I was about the age 15 still. So we uh, moved schools there. I, I went to school in Fletcher and all that. And so, I mean, really, it was just uh, it was just a traumatic moment for us. Like, my papa was stressed. I was stressed. Like, I cried the night I found out my nana died. And, I mean, it, it's just been a really traumatic, traumatic experience for me. Anna Darko, personally, is just my, my past that haunts me. There's a couple of good things that I miss about Anna Darko, and that was the bowling alley and getting to spend time with my nana's side of the family. So Okay. So when was it that your grandpa passed? How old were you then? I was actually 17 when my grandpa passed. Okay. He, uh, I actually left with my friend. And this is when I was getting into the, the bad stuff. So you left before your grandpa passed? I left before my grandpa passed. Like, I left him by himself at the trailer. And that is a whole different, like, level of thought process right there. But what I'm trying to say is I, I seriously was fading away from my grandpa because of the stuff that I'd go do. Like, I'm, I'm, I, was, I used to be addicted to it. I'm not no more, by the way, I'm... I defeat my addiction, so that's a good feeling. But, you know, I was very addicted to smoking marijuana, and I would go and hang out with friends, skip skip school, house to house to house to house, hopping houses. My papa wanted me to come home, and I was I was just stuck up in the head, you know. What age was that? 17. I was 17. about 17, yeah. Okay. Um, and it was, a pretty, it was pretty rough for me when I got that phone call from my cousin Trinity. She told me that... Uh, my grandpa's not moving. She's he's not he's not waking up. And at that time I knew that that I put so much stress on him cuz I told him before he left. I told him don't don't drink alcohol. Please don't drink alcohol no more. And I feel like I put that pressure on him and so after I left, it was like it was like he started drinking and after he started drinking, he actually died from a heart cloggage that that night that I got that phone call. He died of a heart cloggage. Okay. I, I, I freaked out. I'm, I started hitting stuff. Like I seriously freaked out. I cried all night. I don't remember how long it took for them to get me to stop crying, but I got back and they didn't even have a funeral for him. My other side of the family didn't even have a funeral for him. They cremated Hmm. him without me knowing. Gotcha. So, so you went through the loss of your parents because they, Gave gave up your rights to your grandparents, right? And then yes, and then you, you lost your grandma when you were fifteen, and then you lost your grandpa when you were seventeen. Did you have any other family that really cared for you at that? Realistically, no. Um, my aunt Shell actually cared for me, but she died too in that area, and around that time, she passed away before my papa actually passed away. But this was all in the same range of when I was like 15 or 17. Um, around that area, okay. my aunt Shell passed away. And so it was it was crazy for me. Okay. Um, so let's look at from 17 that happened. I know that you came to LSI the first time when you were 18, right? Yes. <clears throat> so what about like... What led up to you coming to LSI, you know? 
so I was living with uh, my cousin Case's uh, Case's mom and my cousin Case. I consider him my cousin from my nana side of the family. But um, they said something about a program here that could help me get on my feet, um, help me financially get a place. So at first I was kind of skeptical. Like I didn't know I was new, you know, I didn't know anybody from Chickasha, but I tried it out and I got here and I was pretty young still in my head. Um, that's how I found out about LSI was uh, my aunt Misty. Uh, she told me, give it a try and 420 or 450 uh, a month if I uh, work. If, like, if I stay with my job, I can pay the rent and all that. And she's explained to me how I can keep it up and mm-hmm. keep going with my life and pursue and flow. Yeah. And, you know, after about that time, I I did uh, I did mess up a couple of times and then I left, which was dumb of me. But then around the age, through 19, 19 through 20, but around the 19 when I went to Lawton, because I came back to you and you remember how I was really messed up like yeah. a zombie. But we'll go into more depth on that because I want people to really understand the, <clears throat> especially with you, and your path through here, you know, you came in and you did really good for a while. And then what led you to leaving? I think the the urge to smoke weed, um, to go see my cousin Trinity and Lawton and see my nephew. And actually, once once I got that urge to go do that, I messed up. I lost a lot of things. Um I lost trust and that that killed me and to know that I had people who did care about me and at that time I was I was like just doing what my flesh wanted not what what God wanted I wasn't seeking his will I was seeking my own will and I think I learned a lesson from that God taught me a lesson um through that time I got laced with some bad drugs um so for a while, I didn't know who I was. Uh, a lot of people say it's it's depersonalization. I actually looked up and researched depersonalization on Google. It's where everything around you is fake. You know, like your your body is not real to you. Uh, everybody talking, it just doesn't look real. Like it looks like animated or mm-hmm. kind of like hallucinations. Um, so I seriously just uh, went through a whole phase of not knowing who I was, not knowing my name, not knowing where I was at at the time, uh, robotic. I felt like a robot. I don't know why, but every time I would move or I would say something, it would just come out in my head as like, like, like a glitch or something. It was so weird. I don't remember much. I, I do remember some things that I did say. I mean, every time I'd talk, through my imagination, I, I guess it was just my mind playing tricks on me, but every time I'd say something, I'd say a word like, hey, and if I'd like think of it as a positive word, a green plus sign would float out in front of that word. I remember that. And I seriously saw that. Yeah. It, it scared me. I mean, <clears throat> oh, I s- don't worry. It scared me too. I mean, because, you know, so my from my perspective, you know, you came in uh, when you were 18. Uh, that would have been... What year was that? 2020? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, 2020. Um, I believe so. Wasn't it 2020? I think so. I want to say it was 2020. And then, you know, you were just a young kid. You came in and you were just kind of needing a fresh start. 
Um, you didn't have much family. I knew that. And, you know, you did really well um, for the first, I don't remember how long you were here the first time, six to nine months, somewhere in there. And then you kind of got in with the wrong crowd. You started working with some guys at a local restaurant and um, then they were using drugs. You started befriending them. And then we were trying to kind of talk you out of it, but you were already kind of sold on what you were going to do. And I remember, I remember this, I remember you saying, I'm going to go and, uh, moved to Lawton, but then you never ended up even going to Lawton for. Yeah. And let me explain that. So at that time I was, I was still wanting to smoke weed before I left. And so I went and left with that dude named Chris that came and picked me up that day that I left. I went through the back door. I was ashamed to walk out the front door or the back door. Cause I didn't want to see y'all's reactions. I mean, I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I get in the car, I move all my stuff out of my room. Um, we get to his house and, uh, my plan was to go straight to Lawton, but my cousin Trinity couldn't get me there. And around as she couldn't get me there. So in that amount of time, I was trying to save up money, money from Cotton Patch, trying to get my, my money built up so I could get a ride there or find a way there. And so in that process, me doing the drugs that I was doing, I I got laced, and that's how it all started. That's mm-hmm. how I started forgetting who I was, all that stuff happened. And as I was, I was as I was going through that trauma, or not trauma, but more of a hallucination, and it felt like forever. Like I can't explain it. It felt like a eternity. I felt like I was never gonna come back to reality. Like it was so scary. Like I saw things that people wouldn't see, mm-hmm. like in in reality right now. Yeah. So in that kind of way, I could say that I was really, really praying to God in that moment, knowing that what if this is like the end. What mm-hmm. what if this is me seeing what's gonna happen to yeah. me or I, I don't know I I felt like it was Satan attacking me in my vision and yeah. it was so scary like everybody I talked to I felt like they didn't want nothing to do with me they were like they were like creeping me out I would I was so afraid to come outside sometimes like I would hide somewhere so people mm-hmm. couldn't see me. Yeah. And it was it was a bad time. Like I was not in control. Like I felt like I was not in control of my own body. Like, and a lot of people told me that they thought I was dead, and that scared me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So honestly, <clears throat> as I came back to LSI, messed up and everything, you asked me what's my name, my birthday, all this stuff, and you know, I didn't know. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember you coming in, and I was like, okay, you know. I don't remember the questions I asked. I knew you were definitely off, but, um, yeah, you didn't know your name. You didn't know your birthday. Didn't know hardly anything. You kept talking about those dollar signs. And I was like, you know, I just, I thought you were either coming down or you were, I didn't know what was going on. I'd never seen anybody like that. And so I was like, okay, we'll let you crash here for the night. And then tomorrow we'll go get you some mental help. I know I took you up to a place up in the city and I can't remember the name of the place, but they, uh, they sat down with you and talked to you for about an hour. And then she brought me back and cause I guess you had asked for me to come back or something, or they asked if it was okay. And then they had said that you had been laced with something. Um, they had said it was some sort of weed, but I'm guessing, I don't know. I don't know what it was, 
But she had did she did tell me she's like, listen, he could come back from this or he couldn't. She said his mind may be like this permanently. You just got to pray and see what happens, really. And so um, I've always done good with lot and um, lot and uh, emergency room. And so I drove, I left the city and drove him there because they said that was going to be his best option to get into treatment immediately. And so we took him there and dropped him off. And I didn't hear from him for a while. I didn't know where he went. Usually, you know, in that case, that's kind of how it works. They don't really tell you and give you much information. And then you came back. You went to another shelter up there for a while, up in Lawton. You lived on the streets for a little while. Yep. So actually, after you dropped me off, um, mm-hmm. I stayed. I stayed, and uh, I felt like nothing was happening. Like they weren't helping me, and you know, I was still, I was still traumatized. I was honestly traumatized about a lot of it. And so after I left, I, I, I don't remember that much, but I remember walking and walking and walking forever, trying to find my cousin Trinity's house. Uh. I want to say I walked for about maybe four hours trying to find my uh, Trinity's cousin Trinity's house. And, you know, I told you, I, I kind of remember this. I remember telling you it's right here. It's right mm-hmm. here. Um, I was so messed up. Like, I knew where it was at that moment. But uh, Yeah, you told like, me on the way there, and I was like, man, I can't trust you right now. I can't tell yeah. you for sure that that's where yeah. somebody lives, you know? So. So eventually, as I left the hospital and I'm lost, I find my way there and I knock on the door and Trinity's uh, husband answers the door and he lets me in and we hang out, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, he thinks I'm crazy. Like he, like, like I said, he thinks I'm, I'm lost. I'm gone, like something. And like I said, I was, I was, I was lost too. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't describe or explain to them what was going on because I was so, like, messed up at that moment. Like, I just couldn't tell them what happened to me or why I'm acting the way I'm acting right now. It's because I wasn't in my head. Like, it wasn't me at the time. And so they just said, you need to go to uh, Talaferro. You need to go do all this, all this, and all this. And they pushed me away. Eventually, they didn't want me in their house no more. Um and uh now do you blame them for that or do you think oh no 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 no! i don't blame them for that i was just um at the time i really didn't know what was going on with me and like i said when 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 you're when you're on stuff you don't you don't know who you are like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not like you're functioning normal you know yeah i mean how like how we're having a conversation right now i wouldn't be talking the same way if it was back then when i was like that you know Um, but I got told actually that it was a 50, 50 chance of living. Um, oh, really? And when I got told that I knew it had to been something to do with God or Jesus, you know, cause mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is there and he's watching over me. Um, 50, 50% of me living. So I actually got laced with bombing fluid, bombing fluid while you were in Lawton. No, that stuff. Mm-hmm. That I got laced with in the marijuana was bombing fluid. Bombing fluid. Oh, in, oh, PCP bombing fluid. Uh, Sorry. stuff they put in dead bodies, like funerals and stuff like that. I know that was very like dark, but so, anyways, I like like I said, I was I was not uh I was not normal. I was mm-hmm. not normal at the time. Um, so 
I eventually find my own place. I I walk around. I sleep. Wake up. Still feel the same the next day. Walk around, and eventually to the point where I'm starting to feel normal again. Like, like, hey, I'm I'm back. Like, I can talk normal now. I can say. I can think. I can do what I want now, and and not freak out. And so at the time, my pa- like my family, my family didn't want to, nothing to do with me around that area. So it was very uh, traumatizing for me because hey, I'm back to normal, and now it's like I can't I can't get back what I've already done and what I've already said because they think I'm still crazy. Um, so for a while, I was homeless in Lawton. Um, I, actually, uh, I actually found a girl, Susan, and Miss Sweetie, as I met DJ. And DJ is a whole other guy that I've never mentioned but I'm going to mention it now. Um, DJ and me met up in Lawton, and he was homeless just like me. Uh, we kicked it. This is when we met at the homeless shelter. Um, there was a night that I actually let him in, and I wasn't supposed to let anybody in, and that's what got me kicked out of that shelter. Mm. And from there, from that point, um, I was homeless on the streets, living outside, trying to find a way, waking up every day. I just don't want to do this no more. Lord, help me, like, do something with my life. I uh, actually, DJ is actually, like, this is going to sound crazy. Um, DJ interest, uh, introduced me to to the ball. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. And I wasn't so fascinated with it. Um and this is because I was living in the same same area as him, and we went to a girl named Sweetie's house, and Sweetie let me live in her back shed, and this is a crazy, crazy lady. Like, she was mean. I can't even explain it. Like, if I, if I didn't do what she said, she would hit me with something, and I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. And so I'm just over here, like, listening to what she says, you know, so I don't get, like, killed or something, you know? <laughs> I'm just freaking out, and uh, at that point in time, I met a guy named Rick Thompson, and Rick Thompson took me to his house, and this is at the time that I wasn't so messed up, like, I was actually normal again, and then, consider, consider, it didn't work out at his house, (laughs) and uh, so, I left his house, uh, and that's when I actually started trying to do good with my life, I started praying, I, I wake up. Ask Lord to lead me, lead me in your footsteps, take me where you want me to go. And so, you know, I, I called my cousin Case, right? Mm-hmm. And this is how I get back to LSI here. Okay. Um, I called my cousin Case and I'm like, hey, because originally I was going to go and stay with uh, Brandon's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's been a while since I've talked to him. So he said uh, he's living in uh, Oklahoma City. So I'm like, okay, will you take me? Can I come and live with you and all this stuff? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, actually, uh, wait till tomorrow. I'm like, okay. And so my idea was to go to Oklahoma City, stay with him. But he didn't answer me back on Facebook. So I figured, like, you know, I'm dead to him now. <laughs> but uh, hold on, Zach. <laughs> but um, so we get. <laughs> what, were you fixing a sneeze or something? No, I couldn't catch my breath for a second. Well, don't hold your breath. I'm not holding my breath. I like I swallowed and it's like. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyways, uh, 
So I'm just like, I'm just like, uh, Case, can you take me to LSI? He's like, can you stay the night? I'm like, I can stay the night, but I need you to take me to LSI. He's like, all right, you can stay the night, and then I'll take you to LSI the next day. So Case lives in his own apartment now over there past uh, Chickasha. I forgot the name of the town. Uh, Yukon or where? where is it at? It's, it's over going that direction. I don't know. Jonathan, there's several towns in that direction. Okay, okay, let's get to the point. There's Blanchard, there's, you're pointing towards Blanchard, Dibble, Purcell, Norman. It's probably Blanchard. Okay, let's just go with Blanchard. Let's go with Blanchard, okay? He brings me back, and then that's how I end up here. And right now, at this moment, I am 20. And I joined the work program, and this is how it all came about of me getting my life together. I am in this podcast right now with you, present, <laughs> healthy as ever. I hope you're fat present. as ever. I'm pretty fat, so you're I not think. that fat. You're hey. like what, Buck Eddie? Uh, not that. Not no, 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 no. What? I'm I'm like 165. That's pretty. Okay, bro, that's not fat. To me, that's fat. That's not fat. If you see anywho, me before, anywho, let's uh. So, what is your future goals? I actually went and shadowed 018, and after seeing how they do their stuff, that motivated me. Mm-hmm. You know, for a hobby one day, I want to start a rock band. Okay, that that's something that I've always wanted to carry because I know how to sing, and I can sing if I want to for real. And if I let, <laughs> if I open my heart, you know I can, Zach. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, watching them film that music video and actually getting to be there in person and see how they do things i mean even the web marketing and all the uh all the the graphic design like that that fascinated me and to the point where i was like you know what i came i came back and i was actually crying i was crying because like these guys are successful and i'm over here like am i ever gonna make it out into successfulness Mm -hmm. and I cried and I told Matt I was like, "Hey, like I need my GED, bro. I'm not I'm going to be a bum for the rest of my life if I don't get my GED." And so now it led up to the point where I'm getting my GED right now, and that's all thanks to you guys. Yeah. So currently, I am I am a what's it called? Secretary rest or what do you guys You're call just it? well, you're work program receptionist. Receptionist. Okay, yeah. Kind so of. What I do for LSI is I'll answer the phone for them, and um, I'll answer the phone and let them know, uh, take down notes, let them know who called. I'll answer the door when they're busy. That way they don't have to get up out of their seats when they're actually doing something serious, like in a phone call or a meeting, or if Miss Alicia is busy with work, I can stop do stop them from having to get up and stop working. So then I can go straight to that door and answer and let them know, hey, what's up? Like, yeah, they got don- if they got donations, I'll bring the donations in. If uh, they need to speak to one of them, I'll tell them come by at another time. Yeah. So if you want to know Johnny and you want to see what he looks like and see how fat he is that he's not, you can come. And just knock on the door, and he's usually the one that's going to answer the door. He has blondish black hair. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, Zach. You obviously did not know what I was trying to tell you. Um, he doesn't know sign language. 
Yeah, I don't know sign language, Mr. Zach. Bones. Don't worry, Johnny. Whatever note you're writing me right now, I won't read it aloud in the microphone. I hope you don't. Because <laughs> if you do, if you do, Zach, I swear. Because um, this is supposed to go with it. That way, it just you know, it's not so uh, plain. You know, you know. Don't don't read it. Don't read it. Just don't. Like what? There isn't one. What are you talking about, Zach? There's not one of those things that you wrote down this letter on here. So you're telling me that your little thingy right there doesn't make noise. You have to upload them. <laughs> you have to upload it. And see, this is where we go with Johnny. Now he's wanting to play with the toys, okay? He's been in here. He's done everything he's supposed to do. Now he's like, now I want to play with that keyboard thing. Oh, Zach. But real note, Johnny's been an excitement here. And anybody who gets to know Johnny loves him and wants to see nothing but success for him. So that's why I thought this would be a great thing to, you know, y'all get to hear Johnny's story hear the things that he goes through you'll get to we'll check back in a month with johnny and say okay johnny how's things going now maybe i'll be better at this podcasting thing who knows you never know but johnny what's one scripture that you've learned in the past week okay um, <laughs> you called me out right so i'm gonna call you out do you have a life scripture or anything that you go by a life scripture? Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally need to <laughs> look up a couple that I, I find pretty interesting, you know. Um, <laughs> you, my friend, went straight be above and beyond. I did? Like bath, bed, and body work. So what do you what does that even mean? I don't know, Zach. Bath, I'm over here. Bath and Body Works? Is that what pulled up Bed, on your Bath phone? and Beyond. That's what I Is meant. that what you've been looking at on your phone? No. Where did that come from? I don't know, Zach. This is why, <laughs> this is why you like messing with me when I'm coming, <laughs> coming up with this stuff. So hold on a second, guys. I am about to look up a good scripture I think Zach needs to hear. Hey, I can tell you my life scripture. Actually, there is there is a scripture that I posted on my Facebook, which if you guys don't know my Facebook, you can go look at that. But I actually just remember this. So, um I didn't remember it that well, Johnny. There's a scripture that I put down. Hold on a second. <laughs> second Samuel 126, okay? And the reason I chose that scripture is because it has my name in it. <laughs> so what does the scripture say? Well, hold on, Zach. I'm about to get to it. All right, guys. I'm about to say it. Let me let me, let me click it right there. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm clicking it right now. I'm, it's, Do it. it's loading. Okay. Do it. Biblegateway.com. Okay. Okay. And it's loading. You see that, Zach. It's loading. All right. So, Samuel 26, New International Version. (laughs) David again spares Saul's life. The Ziphites went to Saul at Gibeah, 
Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding on the hill of Hakilah, which faces Jessamoin? So Saul went down to the desert of Zippah with his 3,000 select Israelite troops to search for. Therefore, David Saul made his camp beside the road on the hill high or hill of Hikla facing Jessamon but David stayed in the wilderness when he saw that Saul had followed him there he sent out scouts and learned that Saul has definitely arrived um let's see did that have Jonathan in it Johnny this is supposed to show it hold on <laughs> Let's see. Chapter one twenty six. That's that's what's funny. Do you know what you're talking about? Yes, I know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, okay. So this is why I picked Second Samuel chapter one twenty six. I'm sorry, guys. We kind of we kind of went into a different path, you know. But whoever <laughs> liked that, I mean, for for real. If you guys like that, then uh, read it. Um. So my favorite verse is Second uh, Samuel one chapter one twenty six. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. And so. So what does that mean, Jonathan? What that means to me is uh, I need to stop focusing on women <laughs> and focus on Jesus. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I need to, yeah. I need to focus on Jesus, guys. I don't need to focus on women. <laughs> I can support that. All right. That was a good ending note. All righty. So you. I hope everybody enjoyed this. I hope the quality was good because, yeah, it's new to me. But anyways, I hope y'all enjoyed this. And I'm looking forward to next month when we get to check in on Johnny and see how he's doing. Uh, just remember, it's the third door on the right podcast. Y'all have a good day.